turns out she's psychic. The podcast. Spiritual musings. Sometimes amusing. I'm Tracy. And I'm Laura. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Turns Out She's Psychic. Hi. Hi, Tracy. We are Hi. still separate. <laughs> we are because your house has got the vid, got the rona, yeah. got the there, cocoa. It, it's moved in, so it's all kinds of, um, yeah, we're getting inventive. <laughs> <laughs> There's rats every day. Of, do I come over and just get it over and done with or not? Definitely not. That would be yeah. not the right thing to do, Tracy. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. That's why I'm not. <laughs> You're forbidden. You're forbidden. Yeah. And, Nurse um, Laura wouldn't let me. No. But the whole family's going wild on the inside of this house. So it's um mm, like a circus. Anyway, it is like very much like a circus. But that's okay. It is what it is. And we're just tackling it each day at a time. Well, I've got a bit of a circus for you today. Yeah, you suggested this and I'm super excited. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about Nostradamus. Yeah. Mm. So do you even know who Nostradamus is? He's um, a guy in history, <laughs> very well renowned for, history. yeah, like, like <laughs> um, ages ago. Am I right in saying maybe the 16th century? Close. Yeah, yeah, actually okay. 16th century, yeah. Ah, there you go. So make predictions. Was he an astronomer or a astrological yep. person or yep. I'm not quite sure his method of making predictions, but he made predictions. Mhm. You're you're pretty much bang on. Well, aside from that, cuz you know, growing up you hear you know, different figures of history's names bandied about, associated with different things. So I've heard mm -hmm. of Nostradamus's name. Um, but, yet, yeah, always one of those things that I've never gotten around to looking into. But fortunately for me, I haven't needed to because you've done that and you're bringing it for today's special featured episode. Yes. And there's a reason because Nostradamus yeah. um, predicted uh, some things, some very interesting things about the year that we're currently in, 2022. But you're going to have to wow. wait till the end to hear about that. Okay. Well, you've hooked me. <laughs> okay. All right. So please jump in with your questions as we go along. Um, okay. I've left room for those questions. So, because oh, wow. I know you're going to probably have some. All right. Because so, you know when they'll be and what they'll yeah. be. And <laughs> yeah, because I'm psychic. Um, okay. So, Michael de Nostradam. So Michael of Nostradam was born in France in 1503 and died in 1566 in France, age 63. He is best remembered as a French physician, astrologer and seer. So a seer being like someone like me who can see into the future. Right. So many of our listeners would have at least heard of Nostradamus but may not really know who he was or even more interestingly, what he predicted. Yeah. So Nostradamus, and because that's a really long word and I say it 152 times <laughs> in what I've written, 
I mm-hmm. am going to take a guess and call him by his nickname that I'm sure his wife and his six kids would have called him, Nosti. So he's now going to be Nosti for the rest of the episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. Now, we could probably just safely assume that Nosti was fairly quirky as a person because reading into um, his life story, he he did some things and very interesting. Like if I was him and I was dying at 63 and I had to tell my life story, it's a really cool life story. Like he, you're about to hear all of the cool stuff he did, but he was also just like a bit of a rebel by the sounds of it, which I like mm-hmm. a rebel. So <laughs> in the 1530s, as a young guy, you know, he was still in his sort of late 20s, early 30s. Despite not having a medical degree, Nosti traveled throughout France and Italy treating people who were suffering with the plague. Now, mm. there was there was no known remedy for the plague, no cure for the plague. Um, and usually it was treated by doctors and physicians using a combination of a few things. One of those was like these, these mercury elixirs that they would make up and give to them as medicines, um, wow. which I, I always thought mercury was poison. It is. Because I remember like when we used to have thermometers when I was little, my mum used to say that I wasn't allowed to hold the thermometer because it had mercury in it and that I would die if I broke it. (laughs) Yeah, because the good old glass thermometers with mercury in them, that's right. Yeah. So why would they have been giving them elixirs of mercury? Well, it was probably before they realised it was bad for you. Oh, here, here's some more stuff to kill you. Uh (laughs) Um, They would also do perform bloodletting. Oh, also a, um, uh, yeah, it was a go-to because they thought if you've got poisoned blood, just bleed, you know, just let it out, out and you'll get better again. Yeah, mm, okay. again. And then what they also then. used to do was cover the people that were suffering with the plague in garlic-soaked robes. Wow, that was probably the most effective one. (laughs) (laughs) Keeps everyone away from you and it's also antifungal, antiseptic. (laughs) That's at social distance. (laughs) ISO people, ISO. Um, Wow. Okay, but Nosti was not your average doctor who's Mm. not a doctor. (laughs) What's his methods of treatment? (laughs) Well, he didn't bleed out his patients and I'm assuming because he probably didn't know how to. Um, but would instead just be really hygienic. And he would make sure that the dead plagued bodies were removed ASAP and that the plagued people were isolated. So, however, he was also in high demand for his secret little rose pills. Now, his rose pills were a herbal lozenge made of rose hips, which are really high in vitamin C. And they helped with the symptoms um, and the people that he gave these rose pills to, uh, they actually got cured from the plague. They didn't die. And so most people nowadays that sort of look back at his methods, they think that it was probably a bit of a combination of all the things that he did, but mostly the, the hygiene levels was probably the thing that actually allowed him to be more of a success than the other real doctors um but i wow. think Nosti might have been a little bit of a witch certainly sounds like it and back then you know herbalism and everything like that was all um you know healing healing healers yeah well, were separate from medical doctors isn't yeah. it but yeah. um 
that all came from the same place originally. Mm. It's the study of healing one yeah. way or another. Yeah. And in the 30s, it's sad because he actually got married um, and had two children, but the his wife and his two children got the plague and died. Oh, um, wow. And after that, that took him back to um, back to sort of being sort of on his own again. And he apparently he made a bit of a like a, a off the cuff kind of comment about a religious statue um, in in a space that he'd been in for quite a while. And someone who might have been maybe a bit of a witch hunter, I'm not sure, but dobbed him in to the church, um, the Roman Catholic Church for heresy. And he actually had to appear before the church inquisition. And he got ordered to go there, but he took off. He went on the run. He was like, yeah, nah, fuck that. I am out of here. I am not going to stand there and be like charged with heresy (laughs) and and burn at the stake. Um, So over the next few years... He could be found somewhere in either Italy, Greece, or Turkey. He just travelled around. He had no known address. And he was just going around um, learning how to do lots of different kinds of um, alternative therapies, but also mm-hmm. experiencing um, also experiencing lots of spiritual, I guess, awakenings. And... In his time in Italy, he actually met up with a group of Franciscan monks where one of the monks he actually predicted would become the Pope. And this prophecy was fulfilled in 1585, long after Nostradamus was dead, when that uh, Franciscan monk, Felice Peretti, was ordained Pope Sixtus V. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is one of his first prophecies that um, that was not inside what you're about to find out were his books with his published okay. prophecies. Yeah. Um, but it's believed that during sort of this travel between Italy, Greece, Turkey, the experience with the monks and all that kind of stuff, that he must have had some kind of psychic awakening some kind Uh of really trippy experience maybe there was some some ayahuasca or something i don't know maybe the peruvian monks were over there as well (laughs) i have no idea but he's they were very good at mixing sort of some type of psychedelic in with their sacrificial wines and stuff yeah yeah like that episode that we listened to yeah that's right um and for our listeners, we're just referring to an episode a long time ago that you shared with me on Mysterious Universe, was it? Um, it was actually Gwyneth Paltrow's The Goop oh. podcast. And I can't remember the number of it, but the title is called The Secret History of Religion. That's right. Fascinating listen. Such yep. a good listen. But, yeah, they yep. talk about, like, these these popes and these monks and these religious heads down yep. creating wine that's a bit trippy and well yeah they, they've found little um you know trace elements in the goblets and whatnot and there's trace elements of different compounds that have been associated with various psychedelics yeah and it was the females that would prepare these potions and from what um you know, the artwork depicted on the walls and stuff they're found in, it's more or less almost like a rite of passage. So it wasn't just that everybody would would be sipping this drink, you know, at 
the local shindig. It was more of a certain level. Once you've reached a certain like a level, ceremony. there was a, yeah, it was some sort of ceremony that um, perhaps people would would sip this and then have an awakening or an epiphany or some sort of um, you know, like exactly what and you would imagine. Bible yeah, become closer <laughs> to God. <laughs> All of that. So and anyway, that's that God um, is speaking to you. It's it's uh, fascinating, and that researcher um, to to find all of that out has he's written a book and he's incredibly knowledgeable. And maybe one day we, we might even chat to him because that'd be fun because uh, he's a young guy. He sounds young, and yeah, he, he, he young. speaks um, the way he pronounces the Spanish names is just flawless. Yeah, so beautiful. But he's been you know in the bowels of the of the um, Sistine Chapel and everything like that. The Vatican and... Yep, doing his own research. So super cool. Super cool. We should get him on actually. Um, Okay, so Nostradamus came back to his birthplace eventually and in the 1540s he spent less time being a pretend medicine doctor and more time in trance (laughs) meditations where it's believed his visions of his future prophecies began coming thick and fast. In 1547, he began focusing on astrology and his visions, writing his first almanac of astrological information and predictions in 1550. Whoa. Incredible considering I just bought you, Shannon, and our friend um, B, uh, basically a modern almanac the other day. (laughs) Yeah. It's actually, I just put it up this morning on the wall behind me. Uh Uh-huh. So almanacs were a huge thing back then and farmers and merchants would use them to stay in the know. Nosti incorporated some of his own predictions in these almanacs though and it went gangbusters across France and they loved it and everyone wanted more from him. And so in 1554, he channeled all his energy into the writing of Centuries, his first book. It was to be the first of 10 volumes with 100 predictions each foretelling the next 2,000 years. Whoa. I know. And so in nine, sorry, in 1555, Les Prophecies was published, and this is the most famous book containing his long-term major predictions. Something peculiar about Nosti's writing is that he would use quatrains. Do you know what a quatrain is? No. A quatrain is uh, a rhyming um verses of four lines oh so, wow okay. yes so it's like me giving you a reading about your future but using rhymes with in poetry yeah like um yeah kind of like roses are red violets are blue um you're pretty and i love you <laughs> <laughs> A whole book of that. Oh, yeah, thank well, you. no, ten books of that. Ten yeah, well, ten, ten with one hundred of those four of those four verses. Whoa, but he would, that's just he would ins- also wow. they would also be um, mixed of all different languages that he had picked up in his travels. So there was a little bit of Greek, a little bit of Latin, a little bit of Italian, and a dialect specific to southern France called Provencal mm-hmm. or Provencal, I don't know, Provencal, mm-hmm. um, one of those, one of those words. So, um, 
a lot of historians believe that this may have actually been a way for him to feel safer and less of a target, um, less vulnerable for religious persecution, so that Ooh, it really okay. just kind of looked like poetry as opposed yeah. to being a prophecy. Sounds so, like riddles. <laughs> yeah. However. Dr. Zeus um, riddles. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, however, the Roman Catholic Church actually didn't really mind because as long as his writings stopped at writings and didn't actually turn into practicing of the magic they were more against like you could say whatever you wanted to say you'd have to go before right. before before the church inquisition but unless you actually practiced or were proven to practice magic um, yeah they didn't really mind and so instead they um they actually joined in with his popularity uh, wow. and Nosti became so popular. He was a little bit the it guy back then um, that the trolls were saying he was working with the devil or that he was just the insane. Trolls. The trolls. <laughs> yeah, because there were trolls like back in <laughs> yeah. the 1500s. Um, the naysayers. Yeah. So, and I mean, anyone that's a rising star, like everybody hates a rising star. It's like tall poppy syndrome. Of course. Yes. So the trolls were saying that he was working with the devil or that he was right. just insane in the membrane, denouncing his <laughs> predictions, while others, including King Henry's, King Henry the, the two, he, King the second. Henry II. Yeah, I can't even say Henry. <laughs> King Henry II's wife, Catherine oh. de' Medici, was a huge mm. fan. And in his latest almanac release, Nosti may have made a little bit of a mention about some predictions about her family. So, obviously, oh, her being the king's wife, the queen consort, she decided that she would invite him to the castle to find out all the details and while he was there, he casually became the personal astrologer to her and the king's children and oh the counsellor and physician in ordinary to King Henry's court. Do you know what the counsellor and physician in ordinary means? He's just there the whole time? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't know what that meant, so I looked it uh -huh. up, but that was a really good guess. So in other words, he's the permanent doctor who is not yeah. really a doctor, and psychic, to the royal family. Like the advisor. Mm-hmm. Which One is of. so cool, like, when you think about it. Um, like, I know Princess Diana. I know – that I know her, but I know that Princess <laughs> Diana she and had, even yeah. Queen Elizabeth, yeah, they, they have and had um, their own sort of spiritual advisors that, yeah. that consult them about the future and counsel them. And back then it was much more highly valued, whether or not, you know, obviously there was still naysayers as there always have been, always will be. But back then it was the correlation between events and people making prophecies and predictions. It was, it was much more valued and taken note of. Mm. Well, it's like Google, mm -hmm. I guess, or being able to just... Um, come up with information that you might not be able to know yet like yeah yeah um so wow while at the castle explaining the predictions that he had made in his last century release which is was century volume one mm -hmm. um he told a young lion would overcome an older one on the field of battle the young lion would pierce the eye of the old lion and he would die a cruel death. Three years later, at 41 years old, King, Hen Hen 
King Henry. I keep going to say King Henry, but it's King oh. Henry the second. King Hangry. Hangry. <laughs> King Henry the second was hurt during a jousting match when a lance mm. pierced through the king's visor into his eye and through to his brain. He Ooh. died 10 days later of a horrid, excruciating infection. Oh, dear. So the prophecy came true. It did. It did. What of the young lion? It wasn't his son or anything like that. I didn't find that. They don't, they don't focus it, on that. It wouldn't have been. Otherwise, it would have been documented more clearly. I love it just how you someone just said younger. that though. You were so in character just then, like you were so back in the 1600s. What of the young lion? <laughs> but what of the young lion? What become of he? <laughs> uh, Ooh, that sounds horrendous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like when we've spoken about before about how the, the gypsy seers using crystal balls essentially to deflect the ownership of sort of the future reading, it's like, no, it's not yeah. me, it's the ball and I can just see into the ball, but the ball yeah. is giving us the information. So get angry at the ball, you know, not me. <laughs> um, well, Nosti claimed that his prophecies were simply information that he gathered from a few different things. One of those was judicial astrology, which is the art of calculating the planets and stellar bodies in relationship to the Earth, which mm-hmm. so to me just seems like astrology the way that we see it now. Um, and he also, um, from borderline, you know, some would say and some do say that he plagiarized some medieval oh. chroniclers and historians like Pla- um, Platonist philosopher Plutarch. There's so many fucking peas in that one. Um, <laughs> so Plutarch was actually um, – so a, Plat- a Platonist um, yep. is someone who believes in things – um, like existentially. So things that um, don't necessarily uh, uh, exist in the here and the now. So different time continuums and different um, spaces and time mm. all existing at the same time. And Metaphysical. So Plut- yeah. So Plutarch was um, one of the most famous philosophers. You're having all kinds of trouble oh, getting those man. words out it's of Monday your mouth morning. today. <laughs> Plagiarized Platonist philosopher Plutarch. Oh paraphrased. So up into the next the next um, sentence that I'm about to say, many scholars believe that he actually even paraphrased the Bible. Um, and so wow. in the Bible, it talks about um, like the doomsday event prophecies. So like what's yeah. going to happen just before Armageddon yep. essentially. So like that you'll hear the bells and the, and the sounds coming from the skies and there'll be floods and droughts and everything. Um, so yeah, people believe that he kind of brought Plutarch's historian um, philosophy, uh, sorry, philosophy that they, that he brought um, some of the astrology that he brought the Bible's prophecies and that he also just looked at astrological data from the past and was somehow able to put it all together and, and come up with some kind of likely potential Mm. of things happening in the future so that it wasn't actually information that he received from otherworldly sources or other realms that yeah. it was actually more just a very calculated uh, approach to... Weaving of information to make yeah. it look like his own, yeah. so to speak. So, oh, and this, okay. this was actually really interesting because um, 
in my latest business venture that I'm doing at the moment, um, yeah. the, I'm been, I've been talking to a lot of people that are in that are not in my industry that are just in very high business, like they're very business minded, very entrepreneurial, yeah. very they're, they're complete opposite to who I am in that sense of what I do. And when I talk about um, intuition and being intuitive. They actually, the only way that some of them are able to get their head around it is by saying, oh, like, so Siri is intuitive, like artificial intelligence is intuitive. And I'm like, no, because Siri and Alexa and, and all of that, they, their information is coming based off of data. So they're, they're, they're one big computer that has gathered all the data and spat out stats, and yeah. those stats are there. And so the only intuitive part of it is, hang on, the only intuitive part of it is um, really the person who who invented AI, essentially. Like it's sort of, it's not intuitive at all. Who had that concept, whose yeah. concept it came to them. Yeah. Yeah. And so this, this reminded me when I was reading it, I'm just thinking, oh, okay, that's just sort of like what's happening today. Like there are people like me who are intuitive, like we get our information from spiritual realms and other realms. None of what I know is data. Like I don't know anything before, yeah. I, before it comes out of my mouth. Yeah. I'm, I'm not Siri and I'm not Alexa. And, but it's just really interesting how people use the word intuitive with something mm-hmm. that to me is not intuitive at all. Mm. like what, misappropriate what? the word yeah it's very it's and it's sad I feel it's like no I need to school people on what the word intuitive means and what intuition is um, yeah. which I never thought that I would have needed to because it's just such a no-brainer to me I'm like what do you mean like Siri and Alexa like they're but not for intuitive. some people yeah they just don't see it um in that way yeah uh-huh for and one reason so, like, or another yeah yeah so most astrologers also at the time, they didn't like Nosti at all. Um, mm-hmm. Probably and most obviously because he wasn't a scholar. He never actually went to school to learn astrology, to learn medicine, to learn anything that he was doing. Um, and he was just obviously not a play-by-the-rules kind of guy. And so obviously he didn't care what anyone else thought and that makes him a really easy target for the play-it-safe kind of people, I guess. So... Unfortunately, he did have to die, though, and he predicted his own death. So on the night of July 1st, 1566, Nosti told his secretary, you will not find me alive at sunrise. His last prediction came true when on the 2nd of July, he was found dead lying on the floor of his bedroom. Throughout his life, he had suffered with gout and severe arthritis and eventually edema or dropsy. Um, which um, it's presumed that he died of heart failure, which is the most common end for edema Mm. or dropsy back then. So there's no real official kind of cause of death, but that's kind of what most historians tend to sort of think. Yeah, that's kind of how they believe that he died. That's the general consensus. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go through some of the predictions that he's credited with um, and then we're going to talk about some of the ones that have not yet happened because the time has not existed yet. So okay. remember he predicted 2,000 years ahead. Yeah, which is wow. Mm-hmm. So he's sort of predicting that the world will so end mid-3,000 something, something, something. 
Right. So he is credited with predictions such as the French Revolution, Napoleon's rise to emperor, Hitler's Nazi fuckery, and that, <laughs> that that's like that's what he wrote. Hitler will be a Nazi that's what fucker. He wrote. Yep. Yeah. The development of the atomic bomb, the assassination of JFK, and even nine eleven. In twenty twenty, really? yeah. In twenty twenty, Nosti fans were all over it when looking for the COVID nineteen pandemic prophecy, and of course yeah. they found the goods. Finding and so a lot of the um a lot of what I found too is that a lot of people who um study Nostradamus and study a lot of the um the interpretations of his centuries book and lay prophecies, um they all believe that all the interpretations are different. Like no one has ever actually cited the original text oh, that, right. that has that has created um, like all the of other... these sort of prophecies that they believe to have come true. So anyone that is right. so anyone who is appropriating his prediction with the French Revolution, Napoleon's rise to emperor, the Hitler Nazi stuff, um, yeah, the people who have decided that he prophesized those, they've never actually seen the original text. They've only ever seen interpretations of the text. So it's like we can't even say that he actually did predict them and that his predictions have come true. Like we can't then go and say, well, just like the Mayans, for example, when they had mm-hmm. their predictions for the end of the world, yep. it, you can see that if if people are going to start just going, holy shit, Nostradamus is the, is the shit. Like he knows, <laughs> like he is the be all and end all. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't start living your life like that because these people that are saying that he that he predicted these never actually saw the real text. And so what I'm about to read to you was one of the COVID-19 prophecies, but kind of um, the text, you can tell that it's not 1500 writing, um, Mm. but um, it's kind of like an interpretation of it. So there will be a twin year, 2020, from which will arise a queen, Corona, who will come Mm. from the East China, who will spread a plague virus in the darkness of night on a country with seven hills, Italy, and will transform the twilight of men into dust, death, to destroy and ruin the world. It will be the end of the world economy as you know it. Mm. Another quatrain in one of his centuries reads, and this is referring to 9-11, Two steel birds will fall from the sky on the metropolis. The sky will burn at 45 degrees latitude. Fire approaches the great new city. Immediately, a huge scattered flame leaps up. Within months, rivers flow with blood. The undead will roam the earth for little time. Now, the two steel birds, the planes, but also the buildings. Yeah. Um, the metropolis, New York and also um, the great new city, New York. Um, The sky will burn at 45 degrees latitude. New York apparently sits at 40 degrees latitude. Wow. Um, And obviously within months, rivers will flow with blood because we went to war um, and the undead will roam the earth for little time. So he also prophesied the bombing of Hiroshima, Japan in 1945, the 1986 Space Shuttle Challenger accident and the first man on the moon in 1969. Even... Princess Diana's death in 1997, oh, both wow. world wars, and now we're up to 2022. And I, bet I have a you question. B- sure. 
<laughs> about the the books that he wrote that have never been cited. However, there's been very there's been a lot of iter- reiterations of what he's written. What happened to the originals? No one ever, no one knows or uh, I'm not sure. There is a there and when I sort of got towards the end of and I basically finished everything and I was just doing the 2022 stuff. I came across this guy yeah. who is apparently um, like the world Nostradamus expert. He's mm. like the expert historian and he's written something like 12 different books on Nostradamus and apparently oh. he's seen some of the original text. Okay, right. Um, but I kind of want to read some more of his stuff. But yeah. I also know myself and I know that whenever we do an episode where I'm really intrigued by it, I'm intrigued by it for five seconds until the next thing comes along that I'm intrigued by <laughs> and, I ne- and I buy the books and then I never read them. Yeah. So <laughs> it's the next shiny object syndrome for me. <clears throat> but I can find out and then I can let you know and maybe we can do some more on it. But anyway, yeah. so I want you to Go really on. just hold on to your butts because oh, 2022 dear. is only just beginning according to Nosti. Right. Let me see what you think about this one. The sudden death of the first character, he will be changed and they will put another in his kingdom. Now, up until three weeks ago, all bets, because people put bets on Nosti's predictions, Mm. bets up until three weeks ago were on Queen Elizabeth as the favourite. Yeah. Kim Jong-un. A clear second. Right. Until surprise entry came in three weeks ago. Putin. Putin. Who I call yeah. shit can because Putin yeah. shit can. Yeah. Vladimir Putin. One can only hope for a sudden death. Wow. So we don't know. How's this one? Like the sun, the head will seal the shining sea. The live fish of the Black Sea will almost boil. This was in 2020. These are all predictions for 2022, the year 2022. So Nostradamus foresaw a solar storm of unparalleled magnitude, the melting of the poles and a rise in the sea level in this way, aka global warming, Mm. we think. He also forecasted earthquakes, floods and severe droughts. So we know down here in Australia that flood check done. Yeah. We've been, apparently there's something like 77 drought declared, um, like probably never being able to come back from drought areas on the planet, like mm, completely destroyed, right. declared drought, permanent drought. Um, earthquakes, we had like the end of last year, there were so many earthquakes that, we just didn't really focus on and there were volcanoes erupting and everything. Um, but on the weekend, it was breaking news on my feed of a massive solar eruption expected to hit Earth tomorrow. So tomorrow. just just you got a lot of time to a lot of time to <laughs> prep. For our listeners, so that will be like literally tomorrow, like Thursday. Uh-huh. Is that what yep. you, yep. Uh-huh. Okay. So listeners tomorrow, Thursday. Yep. So you guys have got a day. And if you if you listen to this not in chronological order or if you listen to this, you know, in six months from now, maybe you're on a different planet. Or maybe you're not even listening to it. I don't know. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. Die. Let's not be alarmist. <laughs> so this <laughs> this solar storm, tell us more about that exactly. Okay. It's not so, like the end of the world. Yeah, no. So um 
every now and then so what what happens is there like nasa and all different space centers and things they they look at the sun and the sun usually has lots of solar flares but every now and then it'll have solar flares that actually aren't really flares they're more storms and what they do is they um they hit a different kind of measure so like you know how like we can have tremors for earthquakes and then we can have earthquakes so yeah. it's kind of like a storm a sun like a, a sun storm is like a tremor oh, sorry a sun yeah. flare is like a tremor kind of thing but a sun storm is like a fucking earthquake like shit's about to get so, real yeah the intensity scale is different yeah yeah so, the, so a tremor is the... low intensity whereas a big quake is high intensity Yes, yeah, so on the, the scale. So yeah, so a flare will just kind of be like the sun sneezes or farts. Yeah, <laughs> and then and like a storm is like the sun's got corona and it's like Yikes. coughing up it's a coughing up a lung and so when a it gets to energy. that point, yeah. So when it gets to that point, they start measuring it in a scale of G one to G five, so geo storm one to geo storm five, right. and. So in a geostorm, you start to see changes of magnetic fields and frequencies, electromagnetic fields, like all of the different fields basically that affect anything in the sun's orbit, including Earth. Mm-hmm. And so um, during this week, so it would have started on the weekend already in the, sub, in the northern hemisphere. So for us, south, southeast, we're okay. But in the northern hemisphere, um, the northern lights aurora like oh my god i love it they um they will actually be seen in places that you would never have seen them before um and the some of the frequencies of some of the um higher um altitude um like electrical um grids and things like that they'll Mm. be affected too but satellites it's to, even maybe yeah satellites so yeah. it can get up yeah satellites for sure it can get up to a g2 they're saying which is we've we the last time we saw a, a g storm was back in the late 1800s mm, um okay. and there's actually a day it's called like i can't remember what it was called but it starts with r just like i can't even remember let's just say it's called the i don't know the red day i don't know um, mm-hmm. But it was a day where in England, I think it was, um, like their whole power grid, like everything just went out. But it was like a G5, like the worst that you could possibly get. Okay. So we're having one. So um, maybe, maybe, just maybe this is Nosti's, one of Nosti's prophecies coming true and we're about to see some more. But there's another one. So high the price of wheat that man is stirred his fellow man to eat in his despair. Now, I was thinking about this one last night and I'm thinking maybe wheat is code for petrol because I went to Sydney on the weekend and petrol was $2.30 a litre. It's crazy, hey? Like that is bananas. And for years and years and years, there's been alternatives that are easily made, but it's just this worldwide financial grip Mm-hmm. of a few people, big corporate companies mm-hmm. that yep. just buy all those rights and squash them all. And then because of the war. Yeah. Prices. So some people, though, have read this one and actually believe that it's it's referring to cannibalism. Oh, okay. So, so high the price of wheat, as in that man is stirred because he can't eat, like he can't afford to eat because it's so expensive, that his fellow man to eat in his despair. Mm. 
So I think commas might help. And I don't think I don't think he used commas. So amazing, isn't it? The different ways you can interpret things depending mm-hmm. on the emphasis. Mm-hmm. Um, so another one. The moon in the full of night over the high mountain, the new sage with a lone brain sees it. By his disciples, invited to be immortal, eyes to the south, hands in bosoms, bodies in the fire. Now, I could not get my head around this one, (laughs) but the most common theory of this one is that he's referring to a time when artificial intelligence and consciousness merge, believing that his prophecies warn that one day, one AI will actually become self-aware with its own consciousness and take control of all of our systems. Now, I don't know how the fuck they interpreted that out of the moon in the full of the night over the high mountain, the new sage with a lone brain sees it by his disciples invited to be immortal, eyes to the south, hands in bosoms, bodies in the fire. So I want to know what these interpreters are correct, like smoking, because I don't know. And why does the hands need to be in the bosom? That's my takeaway. I don't know. (laughs) I know. Like, uh, so they get sexual too? Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I just keep seeing visuals of robots fucking. But anyway. Sa- <laughs> Sacred temples of the Roman time will reject the foundations of their foundation. Mm. So those who have devoted their lives in deciphering the writings of the French prophet Nostradamus are certain this month that he is referring to the European Union and foresees its demise, which could have begun with Brexit and would culminate this year with the collapse of this political community. Mm. Really? Is that what they brought around from that? I thought they were going to be the churches. Well, that would probably happen too because it's all all intertwined. Acknowledging the source of religion being Mm -hmm. different to what is actually... Mm. But yeah. in his prophecies, 2022, apart from there was the um, the 9-11. Yeah. And there was 2020 and then there's 2022. Oh, okay. So he's one, two, skip a few. Yeah, 99, 2000. So uh, this is a huge year. Like on his in his books, 2022 is all of these things that he's predicting happening. So it's like a massive year for Nostradamus people to come out of the closet and just go, hey. Fuck's sake, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I know. But I've saved the best for last because he <laughs> oh, saves the God. best for last too. Because okay. floods, war, fires, Rona, petrol, fucking cannibalism and fucking robots. Guess what else? Earth, oh, I'm afraid. Earth is going to be hit by an asteroid this year. Oh, God. He says. Actually hit. Mm-hmm. He says. Oh, here, here you go. The astronomer's prophecies are vague. <laughs> as really? As when this claimed celestial stone, he calls it, i.e. Yeah. Aka asteroid. Because we do, we do know they do fall to Earth from time to time. Yep. He writes that a great fire from the celestial stone will fall from the sky 
and it will cause floods and droughts decimating entire countries. Mm, maybe it's already it. fallen. That's this year. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. And maybe it's currently decimating. I don't know. Because if you've seen our maybe. country via satellite pictures, holy crap, it's scary. Yeah. But good news is... Oh, that if we're, not, if we're not Why one of the entire print? countries decimated by this asteroid and these fucking robots and Russian wars and all the other things that he's predicted, it seems that the age of Saturn is about to come round at the end of 2022. And do you know what that means? No. I'm Have afraid. A guess. Have a guess I don't know. what the age of Saturn is. So we, we're, we're currently being in the age of Aquarius, which hasn't lasted yeah. for that long. But guess what the age of Saturn is? Party. That's Aquarius. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Hasn't been much of a party. No. He prophesizes that we are about to hit 1,000 years, a whole 1,000 years of the age of Saturn, which is peacetime. Oh, I was going to say aliens. (laughs) Well, it's actually funny that you say that because some people actually believe that the great fire, the celestial stone that will fall from the sky and the brain with one and all that kind of stuff, so Mm. merging the artificial intelligence, consciousness, robots that fuck with Mm. an asteroid together, believing that he's actually referring to aliens. And that's what what brings on peacetime. So some people say that the aliens come down to bring peace to Earth. Yeah, there's a lot of talk in that, in that area about that. I'm just really concerned that the peacetime doesn't arrive because everybody fucking dies. Yeah. So, of course, there's peace because everyone fucked off and returned to dust. Maybe. Because the dead doesn't roam for long on the earth. Yeah. So, that's my, my, my take on Nosti. Wow. And where does Tracy Stacey's bullshit meter sit with Nosti? <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Um, I kind of like him. Hey, like yeah. I feel like I feel a lot of, um, I feel a bit of an affinity with him. Like a kin. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It kind of just feels like, nah, dude, you just knew what you, what you knew. And it's not mm. your fault you knew it before everybody else knew it. And yep. he didn't Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> yeah. And he obviously, um, you know, I guess it's cause it's writings. It's, it's, um, and because he published his writings, it, it makes it very different when you just say stuff. Yep. And um, also he might've been popular in some circles and not popular in other circles. But when you write stuff down and the originals aren't readily available, it's also left wide open to different people's interpretations and reiterations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Um, but people so can publish could, it's anything. Tricky. So, you know, like even if he was just publishing stories, like it was just yeah. his wild imagination. Yeah. And who knows, maybe he did have some really funky experiences in his meditation, like his trance meditations. Like maybe he did. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I definitely don't not like him. Like mm. I definitely feel um, connected in a way to his authenticity of mm-hmm. um, just who he was. Like I think he just 
danced to his own drum and did what he was going to do and fuck everybody else and shared the information he was receiving. Yeah, and like when you think about what he did with the um, when he predicted the king, the the young lion and the old lion, yeah, and that yep. was like so spot on. Yeah. Um, and then um, you know, like if if you can really credit him to all of those other things, that's quite a hit rate. For someone to have been alive so long ago, to still be talked about. For 2,000 years, yeah. Wow. So his predictions were 2,000 years ahead. And for him Blows to, me away. Yeah. I mean, what's really interesting, like for me, from my point of view, what I would want to know is I would love to find out if he ever spoke about his sources. Yeah. Like, I couldn't really find anything, but maybe I'll look into it more and maybe I'll read this other guy's books because maybe he he's done some books on that. I'm not sure, like, written some books about it. Maybe he's found some information because when 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 I teach people how to do what I do or to, to they already usually know how to do what I do, but they just don't know how to do it better or properly or whatever. When mm. I teach them, one of the first things that we learn is protection. And the second thing that we learn is who is your source? Like, do not continue moving forward until you know your source. Identify your source. You have to know your source. Like, you have to know who it is. Source as in can... singular? Because isn't uh, there no, different no, ones? No. Yeah, there's many. So yeah. it can be any. Like, you can have multiple sources. Yeah. yeah, okay. But the source is uber important when it yeah. comes to the information that you're sharing, whether it's past, present or future. Yeah. Um, and so nowhere in any of the write-ups that I read, lots of articles, did I read anything about who he claimed his source was or sources were, um, yeah. apart from that he would have some trance meditations. I'm like, okay, well, where, who were you talking to up there? Yeah. Who was and that? astrological sorts of yeah. information. And yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think that he was predicting aliens because I think that he probably could have described them a little bit different, but he never really spoke about mm. people. Like, he never really spoke about, um, like, earthlings and, and people yeah. from other planets, like people that weren't human, I yeah. guess. Or it would be interesting to see if he, if he had a word for consciousness or levels of consciousness to see, you know. Yeah. Because you could certainly discriminate um, different beings in that respect. Absolutely. And when you say that, it's reminding me, I did read about, um, like, you know how he was he was believed to be credited with Hitler's um, sort of reign? Yeah. Um, apparently the actual, like the closest interpret, well, believed to be the earliest interpretation of his his actual text yeah um he uses the word heist um and it's it does not spell like heist like the word that we used but um people believed people interpret it as um like um hitler because it was spelt a little bit and it sounds weird to see the word dramatic sort of spelling yeah 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 um and but uh, in Latin, maybe, or in one of the languages that he uses, sort of intermingled, intertwined with all of his um, his quatrains, uh, that word actually means something in one of those languages that is not Hitler. And when you oh, put okay. that word into that sentence, it actually makes more sense. Yeah. 
So it's just like, be careful what you believe. Yep. Be careful yep. just going, oh, my God, like this guy is yeah. the bomb because you just the never know. code almost. Yeah. Pretty much. But nonetheless, he obviously had something, something going on. Um, he was mm-hmm. obviously a fun, quirky, interesting guy. He ended up going on to marrying again and having six children with his wife. Yeah, um, okay. Because he lost his first wife and was it yeah, one or and two, two children, children to the yeah, plague? Yeah, okay. Yep. yep. So had another wife, had six kids. I think it was three boys and three girls. I think I read that. I could be pulling that from my mm, ass, but wow. or I could be just, you know, psychically knowing that. I don't know. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Either way, yeah, kind of cool. Interesting guy. Interesting enough that, you know, historians devote their entire life's work to him and his prophecies and his work. And, um, yeah, maybe one day they'll write books about me. (laughs) (laughs) With lots of swear words in them. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) It'll be called the fuckeries instead of the centuries. Um, but it did make me think like, ooh, one day when I have time, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do prophecies for like a book of prophecies for the next thousand years or the next 2000 years. I'm just going to give it a go and I'm going to just so write cool. it. I'm going to leave it and see what, just see what happens and I'll never yeah. know. Yeah. Why the hell not? Why not? Yeah. Why not? I know when famous people are going to die, so maybe I could just do one purely on celebrities and public figures. Oh, gosh, that sounds morbid. Mm. Well, only until like 300 years later and people are like, oh, my God, have you seen this chick's book? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll have to figure out how to release that. Posthumously. Well, maybe the kids can release it when I'm dead and gone and they can release it and it can be their their retirement fund or something. <laughs> Why the hell not? I love this when you said one day when you have time because that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, true. It's an interesting statement. In and of itself. <laughs> yeah, in so many ways is that an oh, interesting gosh. statement. <laughs> Tracy, fascinating. Thank you so much. This um, episode really scratched so many itches of mine because I was curious about him and it was research and it was history and yeah loved it good loved it loved, it, loved it hopefully yeah. our listeners liked it for something different yep yeah <clears throat> if there's other people that you're curious about let us know or if you mm. want to do the research write it in <laughs> mm-hmm. yep and Laura I can read it yeah, super cool. Or send a voice memo or do whatever. Get yep. creative. Why the hell yeah. not? Yeah. Um, lastly, well, lastly from my end, I'm not sure if Tracy has anything else to say, but we really would like to shout out some Patreons that have been joining <laughs> us in the last recent weeks. Um, I had a sneaky week away, so our last Patreon shout out was um, recorded quite in advance. So since our last shout-outs, we've had Sean. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sean. You're awesome. Beck and Michelle and most recently Isa and Elizabeth. So thank, thank you, you, everyone. Welcome you to Tostyland. Awesome. Or oh, actually it's Tonyland, no? Tony? Turns out what? network. Network. Well, oh, like true. Ton, yep. like Tonland. Ton. We love you a ton. (laughs) (laughs) 
Bloody hell. We really appreciate your support. And speaking of which, we've got a live Q&A coming up for all our um, Patreons. Mm-hmm. On the 25th. Yep. So that's Friday, the 25th. Friday, the 25th. We'll put it on the socials. Yeah, I suppose so. Sydney time? Yes, I was going to say, make sure you're working on Sydney time. Yeah, so you have to be a Patreon member to be able to come on there, but we'll Zoom it and um, come on, have some laughs, answer some questions, talk about whatever you want to talk about, drink from our goblets and and have a ton of fun. We absolutely will. It's always fun. And um, also, thank you to you, the email loves. Yes. And can you remind um, our Patreons to please email us with their postal addresses so that we can post oh, yes. them out their little fake tatties? <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, and then I'll, we want photos for the socials. Oh, that'll be cool. Yeah. Yes. So it is one of our tasks is to get onto our Patreon and do some correspondence and that sort of stuff. So that is something that we will collect is postal addresses. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And in April we're going to do our first book club episode, book review mm-hmm. book club episode. Um, that will be awesome. Yes, and we'll let you know what the book is soon on Patreon so that if you want to read it, you can read it with us and talk about it with us during the book club review maybe. Yeah, I'm just wondering as you were saying that. I'm not sure if we mentioned it already, what book it is, but mm, can't do remember. Do you want to say it? Yeah, Sister of Darkness. Yep. By R.H. Stavis. Yep. And I think That'll we be all awesome. need to just congratulate Laura for reading it and not shitting her <laughs> pants and being a wuss. Oh, I definitely shit myself lots during the reading of that book. <laughs> But still a good I read. I believe that you really got past well the first put together. Easy read, fascinating. Um, yeah, and thank you to our wonderful friend of the pod these days, Lauren, for suggesting it. That was really cool. And yeah, so that's coming up. So in pure Tracy style, her phone has just cut out and battery died, even um, despite her being directly plugged into the charger. So. All good. Thank you so much, Tracy, for all the research on Nostradamus. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Take care wherever you are. And we look forward to bringing you another Turns Out She's Psychic episode next week. Bye. We love bringing Turns Out She's Psychic to you each week at no cost. So if you like what you hear, please consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We are a small operation researching, coordinating and producing the show ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the costs of making the show. As a thank you, we'll send you out some Tosby tattoos. We'll give you a Patreon shout-out on the podcast. There's a monthly live Q&A, competitions and giveaways, as well as special book and movie review bonus episodes. For more details, please click the link in the show notes. Of course, if you want to get in touch, send us an email at tospsychic at gmail.com we welcome your ghost stories and any questions that you have for myself or tracy and we'd love it if you left a review and shared the podcast with your friends and family and give us a follow on insta at turns out underscore she's psychic bye-bye bye